Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning. It's an extremely early Monday in Key's hometown of Los Angeles, California, but they are absolutely loving it. Every Major League Baseball team, Key, has a slogan as we welcome you inside. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tons of NFL talk. Brady, Rodgers, Big Ben, Baker, all that on the way. But every team, even though we have no fans this year, (laughs) has a marketing slogan. And the Dodgers' marketing slogan for years has been, think blue. Thinking about their color scheme. And I think after it got to 3-1, and the Dodgers eventually were able to overcome that to tie it at 3. And then in Game 7, they were down 2 nothing. You were thinking the worst. But no, now I wasn't. You weren't. No, why would I? Down 3-1 in the it's, series, it's down seven, 2-0 in Game 7. In seven games. What were you doing yesterday? Watching that game. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, think about it. I wasn't it, it, saying I was believing in the Dodgers. I just said I was watching that game. But but the fact of the matter is that you pushed. We pushed it to seven. You you sat at home or wherever you were at with family, and you had to watch Game Seven because Game Three you felt different. Game Four you felt different. Game Five you felt different. By the time we got to Game Six, you just like everybody else was like, "Damn, we didn't allow them to get back in it," you know. And and Jay Williams, Jason Williams, that would be the basketball player for Duke. Was poking fun, poking fun at me, laughing, thinking, "Oh, look, you're dodging, blah blah blah." Then that that quieted down slowly, and I kept telling you, so "I'm like, man, it's seven games. Baseball is different. It's just it, it, it's baseball. It's it's a different game than basketball and football. You could be down three zero and storm back." Just like the Dodgers did. Just to sum it up, 4-3, Bellinger go ahead, and the Dodgers are in the World Series for the 21st time. So if you're just waking up this morning, it was a late one last night. If you're joining us this Monday morning, thanks for being with us again. 4-3 Dodgers in Game 7 to win the series four games to three. And now they take on a team that probably is at the other end of the payroll spectrum. It's going to be a real David Goliath showdown. Maybe not the matchup Major League Baseball wanted. You'd love the Yankees. You'd love the Astros. But this is a good story of big and small. But it's still great because the Dodgers are in it, right? I mean, even though it's not two big markets, the Dodgers are in it. And I think that that is the, the, the key for Major League Baseball is having a big team in it. And you can look at the payroll. Yes, okay, the Dodgers are paying crazy money to their players with a raise or paying a little bit, but that's not the Dodgers formula, nor is it the Yankees formula. That's just not what those organizations do historically. They like to make sure that their players are being paid well when they take the field. Let's bring it full circle. So the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup, right? That's in Tampa. And then you come back and the team in LA wins the NBA championship. And now in the World Series, we have the Tampa Bay Rays. Going against L.A. Dodgers. I just like it, Key. And all, all I'm saying is watching your team last night, I, it's still – I remember being somewhat controversial in the mid, mid of the year with Dave Roberts and keeping Cody Bellinger in that sixth spot. But just the way it's lining up, batting six. Look at Mookie Betts, Corey Seager. Lead off. You can't pitch Justin, around him. I know. Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith. It just well, – the lineup, lineup is so no, our, dangerous. Our, our lineup man. is interesting because – if you got Betts leading off, then you got Seager. I mean, Seager could actually be the leadoff guy. I mean, you can move around and play with the pieces a lot of different ways. There's no question about it. Um, I was, I'm, I'm glad to see that Cody Bellinger finally got off his boomer, would say, the schnai. He finally kind of got off. Uh, his playoff performances historically has always been kind of up and down, but he's always had this one moment, right? It's mm. just this one big moment, and he did it again in game seven with a two-run jack 
You know, so when you look at that, it's like, oh, okay. Well, if he gives us that in that moment, uh, in in those particular moments, we accept it all day long. Um, he's he's a phenomenal young player. I I just would like to see a little more consistency with him. Understood, but I'll tell you who else gives you phenomenal moments: Mookie Betts. I mean, he, he yeah. robbed Freddie Freeman. I mean, that's just he, he, it feels like he's made so many big time defensive plays throughout this series, and just. He's incredible. He, he belongs in Los Angeles. He be, He's a Dodger. He belongs in L.A. His personality, just everything about him speaks L.A. Like he's having fun. You can tell that he's enjoying these opportunities. Too bad as fans we don't get a chance to really be in the stadium to see what's going on. And that reminds me, Z, are they going to um, – increase the the attendance yeah it's gonna be about twelve thousand at the world series we'll say it in arlington at the home of the new home of the texas rangers globe life field world series starts tomorrow with game number one on espn radio so there will be more fans in the crowd rob manfred the commissioner who will join us tomorrow by the way at 9 30 eastern did say it was a big goal of his to make sure we can get some level of fan participation especially when most eyes are honest. The ALCS and LCS are one thing, but the casual fan will now finally see the World Series is set, and he didn't want them to tune in and see a complete empty background. So as long as safety measures are in place... What's the number now? Right now, you didn't see very much at the NLCS. There was practically nobody at the yeah. ALCS yeah. at all, but this number should be around 12,000. To your point, Mookie Betts was great. Shoestring catch Saturday night. If you saw it, the Dodgers took off from there, but nobody was better, to your point, than Corey Seager, one of the best mm. league championship He's series MVP all day. of all time. Yeah. Five home runs in the LCS. LCS, five home runs, Ooh. 11 RBI. That is one of the best performances you will ever see in the, the LCS. And the, and the crazy thing is several, not several years ago, two years ago, we were trying to make a decision out west that, so that you know from a fan's perspective, not necessarily uh, Andrew Freeman and our guy uh, that's in San Francisco now. For anxiety, the general manager screw, of the I didn't want to Giants, screw the name. Who was with the Dodgers. Who was with the Dodgers at the time. We, we uh, was out there as a fan base deciding whether or not we – move Corey Seager coming off an injury and re-sign Machado and maybe try and get him to slide to third and move JT, Justin Turner, to another position. We kept Seager at short, and now look at us. Now look at it. We'll talk it didn't about- pay Machado. No, you're right. The Padres did for $300 million, and uh, the Dodgers That's- found out. That Not can for stay us. in the division yes. didn't really affect him. We'll talk much more about Andrew Friedman coming at, at 8 a.m. Eastern. He was the general manager that put together the Rays and put together the Dodgers. He'll be in the spotlight starting for game one for sure. So we know the deal. Tampa advances in Major League Baseball Saturday night. And on Sunday, Tampa's football team stuns the world. The Packers spot him a 10 nothing lead. Brady and company bolstered by a terrific defense. Win 38-10. Key, you've said it. If your quarterback doesn't make mistakes at the age of 43 and your defense is that opportunistic, you got a shot every week. You, you do. And I, and I think when you look at, despite who was in the lineup for them from an offensive standpoint, play defense. And, and Ty Bowles and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks played defense. They did exactly what I thought they would do from a defensive standpoint. I just didn't think that they would win because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been hot. He's been smoking hot. And so when you look at it, it's like, no matter who he's throwing to, they're winning games. But once he threw that pick six, it completely changed the total momentum of the game. It shifted everything to Tom Brady. And every time I look up, it was like the Bucks were scoring. It was, it was like, a, you know, I was <laughs> or like. 38 unanswered points. Yeah, but I'm saying every time, you know, you go down, you have a sip of your tequila, you look back up, they score again. I mean, it was one of those deals where it, it, was, it was vintage Tom Brady it, it, no matter what, like I said, no matter who was who was on the offensive side of the ball for them, 
It was Vince's Tom Brady. He didn't do anything to cost his team. If this is Jameis Winston's a year ago, there may be a couple interceptions, even though there was a pick six. There may have been a fumble here. It would have been some turnovers, and this game probably would have went in another direction. Can I ask you this about Green Bay? So I know Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. I know that he's in the MVP conversation. Well, I, you know me. I'll take him out now. Yeah, yeah, such a recency bias. I can't. But their their defense has always been the question, right? So I sit there and I watch that game the other day, and I'm like, okay, is, is Tampa Bay that good? I understand their defense is really good, Coach Boyles and what he brings to the table in a defensive scheme. Or is Green Bay maybe not as good as we thought they were? Let's look at the teams Green Bay is beating. The Vikings, the Lions, Coach Bowles, excuse me. I hear you in my ear, Evan. Coach Bowles, sorry, I got it wrong. The Falcons, the Saints, okay, without Mike Evans, right? We talked about that. And now they get smacked by the Bucks. I, I don't care about the teams that you put in front of people. They don't schedule them. They just beat them. And that's really all that really matters. In the end, the test comes when you start to play better teams week in and week out. Now you're going to you're going to see what teams are made of. When you when you get the Bucks and then the next week you get I don't know the 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 Rams and then the next week you get Kansas can, City. So when I, you start to roll that way, now I can kind of tell what type of team you are. Until then, you run four or five straight wins no matter who you playing. You you knocking them down. It's well, like bowling well, pins. Green Bay has a very favorable schedule though. They play the Texans again, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Jags. I mean, it's they have a very a favorable team, schedule. But a team like the Texans is, even though they lost yesterday, that's not an easy opponent. I know we look at the win loss record, Zubin, but it they play well in their good football team, so they can pop you at any moment. And indeed, just on the other side, the Bucks will be at Las Vegas on Sunday night football. So that's where those two teams will go. Jay mentioned the Packers will be in Houston, be a part of Keyshawn J. Sunday Will and Sunday night Zubin football Nation. with no partying in Vegas. That's <laughs> yes. interesting. With an empty billion-dollar stadium, 2020. Be a part of Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. And On our Twitter feed, we are simply asking you, more likely to still be their team's quarterback next year, Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Easy as that. Just pick one and then let us know in the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. We'll read some of your tweets a little bit later in the program. Still to come, it's something the Steelers had none of last year, and they have a ton of this year, and it could make all the difference in the chase for the Super Bowl. That's next on ESPN Radio and smart speakers everywhere. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Blowout might be a little bit of an understatement. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Talk about the great Big Ben and the terrible Baker coming up with our own QB, Dan Orlovsky. He'll join us at 7.30 Eastern here on KJZ. Fellas, at the end of the day for the Steelers, it comes down to this. Last year, they had to go with either Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges at quarterback, a duck-calling champion to replace a two-time Super Bowl winner. This year, with one big exception, they have avoided the injury bug. That's the injury to Devin Bush, their outstanding linebacker from Michigan who's going to be out for the year with the torn ACL. He is injured, but in large part, as Jay has mentioned, over the last few weeks, if the Steelers stay healthy, they're as good as anybody. They could be a Super Bowl contender. The only thing injured key for the Browns is their ego. They walked in full of themselves, chest pumped out, 4-1 and one for the first time in more than a quarter century. We're going to win this game for Miles Garrett, the first time well, since these two teams have played since November 14th, where he swung the helmet at Mason Rudolph, if you recall. But same old, same old for the 17th straight time at that stadium or in that city, Browns fall to Pittsburgh. It's unfortunate. And I think that when you look at Cleveland, I had so much promise for them after the Baltimore loss, that this team would get on track, and they've been on track for the most part. They've done a tremendous job for the most part in terms of how they played. They limited the mistakes. But for whatever reason, yesterday, that wasn't the case. And and you could argue that defensively, they just were overmatched. Uh, From a, a, a defensive standpoint, Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh did not have Bush in the lineup uh, throughout the course of the game, you look at the way that Mike Tomlin, the way that that defense played against that offense, it made Baker Mayfield look like the quarterback that we all thought that he wasn't going to be. Mm -hmm. And and, and when you look at the numbers, he was sacked three times. You know, he threw an interception for pick six, an ill-advised throw with everybody clouding over the receiver in the middle of the field. It just, it was one of those deals where it just, it, once it started to unravel for them, it just got worse. And you got to tip your hat to Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The one thing that I will continue to harp on and say, if you run the football and you allow your quarterback to just be somewhat pedestrian and need to make big throws when he can, and you play defense, you will go a long ways in the National Football League. Whether you're Tom Brady, as you mentioned in the previous segment, or Ben Roethlisberger here. Uh, uh, exactly. Or Nick Foles in Chicago. You, you, you just have to do that. A lot of people get caught up in, he plays quarterback, he has to throw the ball 50 times a game because he plays quarterback. You're not going to win long-term like that. Mm. just doesn't work that way, Jay. I just feel like I came to accept that the Browns – or the Browns. They're, they're, they're not the top tier of the AFC North, right? We watched the Baltimore Ravens smash them. We watched the Steelers smash them. They are still a decent team, just not upper echelon. They're not ready for that yet. Exactly. And what I recognize about the Steelers is that, Key, I really do believe if Big Ben can stay healthy, they have a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl. A- He's only played one full season, though, since 2015. Only one. And well, that's, that's, what you, that's what you wonder about. Overall, the health of Big Ben. It, 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 he has been in and out of the lineup over the last several years. There's no question about it. And Mike Tomlin has done a tremendous job without him in the lineup. But now that you have him back, 
this is what you get. They've they've discovered Chase Claypool, another receiver mm-hmm. to go with Juju uh, Juju Smith Schuster. You got it. He should just name keep his name. I know him as Juju Smith. You start adding other names, I gotta hey, it's remember okay. it. You know, we, um, that's what we have. That's what we have to do. But we should mention, Keith, real quick, for those that don't know, he actually put Schuster on his name because of the father that raised yes. him, and so he's paying homage by putting oh, that no, on the of back course, of the jersey. Uh, absolutely, as you know, as an SC guy, yeah, great I thing. Just, he guy that always. Him. I'm just Juju Smith, Juju right. Smith, and then I gotta add the Schuster part to it um, <laughs> to go along with him. You got Connor in the backfield. I mean, it just. This team looks like the team that went to the Super Bowl under Mike Tomlin. There's no question about it. They're at the top of the class in the AFC. Don't think, don't just think, as I said at the beginning of the year, Kansas City is rolling to the Super Bowl without going through a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Baltimore Raven team. It's something that Jay said before, and Jay, I think it's one of the most salient things we've heard on the show, but this is the way we do sports in 2020. Oh, oh, you can you. pat yourself on the back. Don't injure that right shoulder. On, pat on the back. <laughs> He's like, Bellinger, he popped that shoulder out. I mean, every, every, every email chain we're on, if it's some kind of rundown, Keyshawn gives himself a pat on the back. Go pop that back into place. We'll get Kiki Hernandez to go pop that baby back into place. I don't know how I take that right now, but I'm just going to let it go. Cody Bellinger popping back in place, too. But you've said it, Jay. Every time somebody has a bad game, they're a total bum. We mentioned this during the NBA playoffs. Anthony Davis, who's an all-world player, bad game, we're all over him. Same thing, right? I didn't say that, but go ahead. But that's the way (laughs) that in sports... You do say a lot, though. I will say that. Uh, but in sports, right? Aaron Rodgers has a bad game, so maybe it's not the best Aaron Rodgers we've ever seen. Phillip Rivers has a great game. Suddenly, he's not immobile anymore. Baker Mayfield has a bad game. Suddenly, he's not the Baker Mayfield we thought. Tom Brady bounces back. Suddenly, he knows the downs. Jimmy Garoppolo bounces back. <laughs> Suddenly, we're not worried about benching him for Nick Mullins or somebody named C.J. Beathard. So it's those sorts of things that we have to think about just on a game-to-game, week-to-week basis. That's just the way we are as sports fans. I'm not saying it's great, but that's just another example of where Baker falls into that I'm I'm with you and I I also think sometimes we talk about sports every single day and I know we get lost in the vortex of it but I mean there is something about starting off the season not having OTAs not having preseason training camp and getting better throughout the season correct I'm not saying that the Browns have gotten better we watched this team gotten better. granted they didn't show it the other night but they have overall gotten better they they have gotten better the Pittsburgh Steelers are better Agreed. Football team. I agree with you. Pittsburgh Steelers have a better head coach right now. There's no question about it. Baker Mayfield was 10 of 18 through two interceptions. When you're 10 of 18 and you throw two picks, they were trying to play that, run the football, play defensive game, and it just got out of way. It got away from them. I mean, it just, it got away from them. Now, with Pittsburgh, maybe there's a different philosophy and a different approach that Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns have to take in playing them versus playing a different type of team where you can have that style of offense and it work. You can't with Pittsburgh, you can't play their game. You got to play something totally different. When you try to play their game the way in their style, you're going to lose. Can I get some respect, respect from you? What's up? About the Steelers when I told you they were playing the Giants. I'm like, this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. And you I, looked at me and dismissed I, me and kept killing Daniel Jones. It. That was week you one. Kept, you called me back one. in week one. You kept killing said, Daniel Jones. He's said, not man, the answer. He's not the answer. Okay. You'll I, find I, I, I just soon. want to make sure that we clarify that. That's all. I just want a little bit of football respect sometimes from you. To Jay's I point. I gave you any respect, sir. <laughs> to Jay's point, who loves the Steelers if they can stay healthy. Big litmus test coming. They'll be at Tennessee Sunday. Remember, that's the game that was postponed from earlier because of the COVID outbreak. Rescheduled for week seven. So that's finally on the books. And then they'll be at Baltimore. In back-to-back games, we'll learn plenty about them. Still to come, can you save your season and your program and your coaching reputation 
five games into your tenure at your new job. That's on the way. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's a pleasure to welcome in Mike Norvell on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Florida State was more driven against UNC on Saturday. If you saw that Saturday night on ABC, more driven brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Coach, good morning. I know it's been an adversity-filled year, which we're going to get into here in just a second, but to take on a top-five team with so much else swirling around college football, people look up and see what your program has done after a couple of down years through no fault of your own, you're a first-year head coach. What does it feel like to get this win under the duress you guys have been under seemingly all season long? Well, good morning, guys. And, uh, you know, obviously Saturday night was uh, was a big night for for our program, and uh, it was a tremendous joy for for our players, for our staff. Um, you know, just uh, all that uh, all that we've been working through throughout the throughout this uh, this year. I mean, that you on the field, off the field, and in, in all aspects uh, to go over uh, to go out and have a, have a win like that. To see the effort, uh, uh, the resiliency that showed up uh, throughout our team. I mean, it was it wasn't pretty there in moments in the second half, but uh, you know, our guys continued to fight continued to believe and uh you know it was a like i said it was just a great joy to see that uh that we finished one point ahead and uh, we're able to uh to have that celebration there that evening i know what it's like to be big time though now because i text you and you never responded back to me man <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, I, I, when you uh, let me just tell you, Keyshawn, when when a job changes and and uh, you, all those numbers go away, man, I I must apologize, but uh, you know, I, I definitely have to get you back. No, I, I know. I, I figured it was one of two things. I figured you hit ignore, or the number changed, and you just you know said, oh well. But hey, don't worry, Mike. I hit ignore all the time. I, I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad to see that you're doing good. And I want to ask you this though, Coach. You you obviously could not coach against Miami because of the COVID situation. Um, how was that experience? Yeah, you know, that was one of the toughest uh, toughest experiences I've ever had. And uh, um, you know, I was I was grateful for our staff and just the the ability you know to be a part of the week virtually. Uh, but uh, you know, anytime that you're separated from the guys, I mean, you know the emotional uh, investment that that goes into every day and and all that you do and. Uh, you know, you know, having to sit back at home and you know watch the game basically as a fan, um, you know, really having no input, uh, you know, in in those three and a half hours, I mean, that was that was such a challenge. And um, you know, uh, the thing that hurt me the most was, you know, that game didn't go the way that we wanted. I 
mean, we, you know, the, you know, Miami got after us, um, and you know, the time that 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 hurt the most was was there late in the game because that's where you want to be with your guys, and that's that's why I coach to to be able to to, to lift them up, to be able to help them through those those challenging moments, and uh, you know, but I do believe that we've grown from that moment. I think that uh, you know, through each experience that we've had uh, throughout the course of this year. Throughout the course of this uh, this season, um, you know our guys are, are are really approaching it as learning experiences, and uh, you know we've been able to, to 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 grow as a team. We've been able to to grow as a as a staff and individuals, and uh, you know I'm excited about what I'm seeing uh, you know from the, from the response uh, of this program, and you know definitely excited about our future. With that being said, the ACC had nothing in place at the time like the SEC, which allowed Coach Nick Saban, obviously, to test out in his positive test and be able to coach the team. Should the ACC have something in place like that? You know, I mean, that's uh, that's something that I think, you know, always, always, uh, you know, Continually gets uh, evaluated as things as things work along. Um, you know this this virus is something that there's not there's not a ton known about, and uh, you know the be- the best ways to to operate and and to be able to work through it. Uh, you know I know we have the protocols. I believe in our protocols, um, and so I mean as as we continue to evaluate this as the season moves on, uh, I, I'm sure that uh, the powers of be will will, will always uh, continue to explore. But um, you know I, I do believe that the safety of our players, the safety of of, of our fans, of, of everybody involved there in game day is the top priority. And so, uh, you know, I believe in what we have in place and, uh, you know, I, they, they will always be uh, consistently evaluated as we move on. Mm-hmm. Mike, it, it seems like everybody has to be extremely malleable with the way the season is moving forward with COVID. Do you feel that the ACC should have something in place about allowing coaches to coach remotely if they do come down with COVID? You know, I think that's uh, that's something when you're in the course of a game. I mean, just the uh, the resources that would be available. Um, you know, I understand the I understand the policies, and uh, you know that's something that. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, and you know, obviously you want to be there. You want to be a part of, of helping to impact uh, impact the game. But uh, you know, there's uh, I just uh, you know when you look at the the. Uh, uh, you know the fairness of the of 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 how you would operate. Uh, I just I understand why that's that's in place. You know, no matter how bad you want to uh, be a part of it, if you can't be there physically at the stadium, you 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 uh, in the game. Um, you know, you probably shouldn't be a part of, of of being able to have that impact. And how would you sum up this season thus far, considering you're dealing with social injustice and the pandemic at the same time? You know, I mean, this this is a this is a year of growth for our program. It's a year of uh, you know building relationships. It's a year of uh, trying to make an impact in, in in all aspects. And you know, when you look you look across our country, uh, you know, at all the things that are going on. I mean, it, it is it is you know in in a, in a positive. You know, I think our players, I think student athletes across college football, uh, see the uh, the voice that they have, the platform the platform that they've uh, been provided and, you know, and obviously an opportunity to, to, to make this world a better place. And, uh, you know, you, you have to make the choice of what you're willing to do and, and the investment that you're willing to make, you know, in, in all, in, in all areas of your life. And, you know, we spend so much time talking about the on the field and, and the growth that you see, uh, you know, in, in that regards, but, uh, you know, I've seen tremendous growth uh, from, from every member of our, of our, um, your football program staff players uh, in in trying to make an impact off of it, and uh, you know really pleased with with the steps that have been taken, um, and you know obviously the uh, the awareness of, of the issues that are going on throughout our country that that have to change, and um, you know we know that we have an opportunity to make this world a better place. It's well said. 
Priorities over pigskin for sure. You got Louisville coming up this Saturday. I was watching them a couple days ago. They played Notre Dame as tough as anybody has played them. And I know a little over a month from now, the ultimate litmus test in year one, the year of progress, as you call it, when you welcome Clemson to Doe Campbell Stadium. Best of luck the rest of the season. Stay safe, Coach. Thank you so much, and go Knowles. All right. Great stuff. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Tom Rinaldi, to talk a little more college football about that other big game over the weekend. Not to take anything away from Florida State's big win, but Alabama got one too. He'll be with us at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern on the return of Nick Saban, which surprised some people, but maybe didn't surprise others, including the man sitting about six feet, exactly six feet to my left. Let's talk a little NFL, the Pats, what's going on with them. But first, we'll go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox, new at Redbox, Irresistible, a hilarious comedy from the writer-director John Stewart. Yes, that John Stewart, starring Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. The Dodgers rally in Game 7 to complete a comeback for the ages to win the National League pennant, advancing to their 21st World Series. Again, they were down 3-1 in the series, rallied to tie it, down 2-0 in Game 7. Cody Bellinger, go-ahead solo, Jack in the 7th, provided the margin. Yeah! A 4-3 win in the game, a 4-3 win in the series. They'll take on the Rays in the World Series. Game 1 on ESPN Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30 Eastern. And the commissioner, Rob Manfred will join our program tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. The World Series set to go from Arlington, Texas. We just talked about ACC football with Coach Mike Norvell. Clemson, who I mentioned they'll see on November 21st, just over a month from now, remains number one in the top 25. If you woke up a little bit late on Saturday and flipped on the game on ABC like I did, it was 52-7 Clemson at the half. Hmm. 52-7 Clemson. At the half, this is Trevor Lawrence's Heisman season. Of course, he's yet to win college football's most prestigious honor, but keep going like this, we'll have it. Again, Alabama over Georgia. We'll talk to Tom Rinaldi, who is there in T-Town. He'll be with us at 810 Eastern. And speaking of T-Town, Tua Tungavailoa, for the few years he was there, dazzled Alabama fans, and he made his NFL debut as the Dolphins shut out the Jets 24 nothing. Gang Green is the only team in the league without a win, but more importantly for Tungavailoa, coming back after that devastating right dislocation of his hip after the game sitting on the field facetimed his family right where that final drive ended just taking a seat and taking stock of an amazing comeback and the Tua era maybe not totally because Ryan Fitzmagic is playing well but the Tua era in a way has begun if you're wondering stat nerds he was two for two out of the gate in his first action that would in be the NFL <laughs> Great stuff. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's get straight into the Pats. So for the first time in 19 years, the Pats are under 500 after five games. That was Tom Brady's first year as a starter. Bill Belichick tried everything, right? The guys were off 13 days. They lose to the Denver Broncos, 18-12. Denver, by the way, kicks six field goals in the game to win. Pat's offensive line allowed four sacks. They were sloppy. Belichick tried everything. I mean, who am I to question Bill Belichick? I love the Subway commercials, but who am I to question him here? He tried everything to get his team going. They actually held, I don't know if you guys saw this, they had a team meeting high school style. You would love this, both of you guys. They had it up in the bleachers. Yeah. They actually had a meeting. Mm-hmm. Where, we're going to go in the bleachers. We're going to just try to shake the cobwebs, do something. First game in 13 days, 18-12 Denver. They looked all out of sorts, but under the circumstances, Key, even with the return of Cam Newton, you kind of understand it. No, you do, it, but they're a better football team than that, and, and Bill Belichick knows that. But for whatever reasons, they haven't been able to practice at the level that they needed to to win this football game. You know, one day they're in the building, the next day they're out. One day they're in the building, the next day they're out. One day they Zoom uh, meetings, the next day they're in the building meeting. They're practicing one day. They're, so it's all, it was all over the map. 
Uh, Cam Newton, obviously, two interceptions yesterday. He just didn't. He wasn't sharp. They were not sharp as a coaching staff. I'm not worried about New England. Yeah, they could be two and three. Okay, so what? It's, it's, it's a long ways to go. I mean, they've still got a long ways to go. I'm not worried about them at all. I think that they'll be fine. I've seen New England in positions where people have written them off in the past and said, oh, well, they're not, and then they wind up in a damn Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it's just, so until they are mathematically eliminated, I'm not worried about them. It just feels like the game was sloppy overall, though, Key. I mean, both quarterbacks threw for two INTs. It just, there was no rhythm to the game. And my thing is, you know, obviously this morning all these narratives start to build because that's what happens in the media. The Miami Dolphins have a better record in AFC East than the New England Patriots. This is the first time Bill Belichick under 500 without Tom Brady. What is he going to do? Is he Stop. I, I'm with you on all that. Just we need to stop all that. Yeah, I'm not worried about them. You can build a narrative to go against the Pats. It's easy to do, but it doesn't mean you have to do it, it just because it's there. they are mathematically eliminated. I'm not going against them. I just I don't care what their records say. They could be they could be seven and nine and get in the playoffs. I'm they going to the Super Bowl until they're out of the playoffs. With the seventh spot this year, seven and nine might just do it. Cam Newton, you guys, you guys have all said this is pros. There's no excuses. But when you're out there one time in a span of thirteen days consistently, Cam Newton said, Look, that's gonna affect you. I know exactly, you know, what it is, is just respectfully for the sake of where we are right now, you know, I, I, I don't think it's beneficial for me to, to speak on that. Being obviously the performance today, you know, it showed a lot of uh, the time off show. But yet, you know, like I said, I have to be better and I will be better. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Quick early look ahead to next week for the Pats, because obviously at this point you want to get him back to 500. As Jay said, sitting there at two and three, what's going on? You're going to get a lot of hype this week. Nobody's talking about it. Let's be the first. It's Monday morning. We're on before everybody else. Jimmy G's return to Foxborough this week in San Francisco Ooh. at New England. Yeah, it, 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 it's not a lot of hype, but they're coming yeah. off a win, beating the Rams last yeah. night. Uh, you know, Jimmy G played well, but it is going to be that conversation. See, you could have had me instead of Cam Newton. That'll be the storyline is the Boston Globe and all the other newspapers. You'll be on the radio in Boston this week, probably. I'll be yeah. in the radio in Boston talking about it on... Uh, W-E-I, right? W-E-E-I. Yep. Um, Zubing, you're so impressive. And so... I'm paying it, attention. I read all the emails. Just, just a lot of emails. Just like that. Just, just like that. the emails. <laughs> so when you look at it, they've got to bounce back. They've got a San Francisco team that feels good now coming into Foxborough. No fans. The weather will probably be good. It hasn't changed yet. And then it could be one of those games where Belichick dials up snow. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> he may just dial it up, you know? And so That Raiders affinity still there. Just, I, I <laughs> don't worry about the Pats at all. I just, I just don't worry about them. Can't I, worry about them. It's, the Pats are not a concern. Jimmy G coming back in town, of course, the narrative then continues to build. I, I love it. And then the, next, the following week, they play the Bills. So it's like you have back-to-back weeks to kind of grind into the scenario. I, the one thing that I was a little bit sh- surprised about, Key, is that usually when you see Bill Belichick have two weeks to prepare for a team. It was a different two weeks, though. Yeah, I different. understand. I know. A lot of moving parts. They're obviously dealing with camera things of that sort. But typically, uh, the schemes are so on point that that takes care of itself with the execution of the scheme. Yeah, but when you only practice in – what did they practice? Three times in those two weeks, that uh, 13 days? Less than that, actually. Yeah, yeah. so – Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's that's hard. No matter what's in place, 
you could tell there was something off from the delivery standpoint of throwing the football to uh, the running the ball to the defense being in positions. I only, I only give you a retort to this because we actually talked about it before, but then you have the Titans. That How long did the Titans have off, Zubin? Yeah, they had 16 days off. So then they come back and they dominate their opponent. So on one end, same didn't have the same prep time, same issue. Yeah, but come it's back, di- dominate di- their opponent. Different, different teams, different players, different situations. Understood. I mean, it's just different. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. The key for the Pats was obvious. They just couldn't get in a rhythm. Drew Locke, 41-yard completion on the second play of the game. It just sort of felt out of sorts. The key for the Bucks was an opportunistic defense. Sure, they fell down 10 nothing. Tom Brady did his part. But Bruce Arians, known for offense, as Jay mentioned, it was Todd Bowles and that defense that really spurred them. After the game, Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, this was embarrassing, but frankly, we probably needed it. I felt like we needed a little bit of a wake-up call at some point this season uh, because things have been so good. And there's been so much talk maybe outside the building about the ease which with, with which we're, you know, moving the ball on offense and scoring. You know, I think we need a kind of a kick in the ass a little bit as, as a little bit of a wake up to, uh, you know, stop feeling ourselves so much and get back to the things that got us this position. Love that honesty. They fall from 4-0 to 4-1. He also did say when he got home he was going to have a little extra scotch. He does like scotch the way uh, Key loves tequila. So he's a little mm. stronger on the scotch after that particular performance. You said it before, Jay, and I agree with you. Key has always said you play who's on the schedule, but through their five games, it's not like it's been a murderer's row, and this is really a team that they faced that they knew they were going to have to play their best football against, and they fell flat just for 60 minutes, but they fell flat. All, all I'm saying is I, I know that Aaron Rodgers is having one hell of a year, but just they beat up on the Vikings. Okay, the Vikings are the Vikings. We, we've seen the Vikings, right? Uh, the Lions, Patricia, the Lions, okay? The Saints, they were a little bit hobbled at that time, but still, I, good win. Then the Falcons, and then you get blasted by the Bucks. So, look, I understand that they're still playing without a couple pieces, and they still have Aaron Rodgers, but I, I agree with Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes you need a kick in the in the butt to get yourself into a different gear. Why are you looking that way, Key? You could have said it. It's, it's fine. Yeah, a kick in the butt. You, know. you didn't have to say butt. You could have said the other one. It's all right. All right but That's why I looked at you because I'm like, you know where I was going. It's early in the morning. Let me get some more coffee in me. Let me get the energy level up first. All right, teacher. Kick in the keister. Kicking the ass. Right? At least I didn't say, say keister. Kicking the ass. You, you, right? Don't kill it. me on butt. Kill him on keister now. It's the third time I've said kicking the ass now. Okay, kicking the ass. That's what you wanted, right? Fourth oh, time. Oh, gosh, you guys. <laughs> see, see, you bring the violence out of people. <laughs> now I'm violent. This dude. God. On the other side, though, you're saying Tom Brady, even at 43, yeah, everybody brought him down there. Tampa Bay playing the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. At the end of the day, you're seeing the recipe is always the same. No matter what quarterback you are, no matter what age you are, if you have an opportunistic defense and you don't blank it up, you'll be in good yeah, shape. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. No interceptions. You know, look at Tom Brady's numbers yesterday. Those are pedestrian numbers, very, right? Very, They threw for less than 200 yards. But very effective and efficient. Ronald Jones rushed for over 100 yards. The defense got uh, Aaron Rodgers off his mark. So when you look at that, that has always been the success to get to the Super Bowl. I know people look at – they look at Kansas City from a year ago. And the first thing they say is, Patrick Mahomes, oh, he's throwing the ball all over the place. They won the Super Bowl. That's not how they won the Super Bowl. He hit a few plays. If Jimmy G connects with Samuels – I mean, with Emmanuel Sanders, right. game might be over. We're not even having that conversation. So, I like defense. 
quarterbacks not making mistakes and running the ball and making big throws when need be to get to the Super Bowl and win it. That's what I always like. Zubin, can I start it? Go for it. Are you ready? Go for it. Is it the year for Tampa? Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Rays, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a good three Super Bowls in Tampa Bay. Is it the year? Just throwing it out there. I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. Coming from the L.A. guy. Well, first of all, the Rays not going to win, so let's not start that conversation. Three-team teaser? You're a gambling guy. Three-team teaser? Yeah, three, yeah, I like it. <laughs> you already got I'm one in the bag. It. You I'm not taking it, but I kind of like the, it. In the Lightning one, because my Kings and my Ducks couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Keys, California Connections, taking every— gotta, My sharks, sharks, too. The Sharks, too. You see, I threw that one in there, too. <laughs> Brady's numbers yesterday to Keys Point, 17 for 25, a buck, 66, two touchdowns. Still to come, 66 million, fully guaranteed, and that guy himself saying, it might be time to bench me? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. The podcast.